right. I believe we are live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Another edition of The Way of the Truth Warrior with you. My name is David Whitehead. Happy to be here today. It is Monday, July 19th, 2021. And I am very excited about today's show. Just going to check all the tech and then we're going to rock it. Going to keep this one a little shorter for you guys today. Hoping to stick to about an hour. Um, I'm going to be jumping on a show with Methods and John Paul Rice to get into the division of consciousness, human psychology, the left, right hemispheres, what's going on in the culture, what's going on in the world. Uh, so make sure you tune into that show. I think we're going live at 5 p.m. Pacific. Was that 8 p.m. Eastern? So pretty much immediately after this. Um, so make sure you're following me on Telegram, Twitter, all that good stuff so I can give you guys the updates as to where to catch that. It has been a full show of podcasting for me today. I also just finished recording an epic show for Unslaved that we're going to be releasing uh, either today or tomorrow. Uh, we did a really good show with Erasmus and Joel from Here for the Truth podcast. Also got Michael in there um, doing a deep dive on so many different subjects. So stay tuned for that if you're over at Unslaved. And before we jump into the actual content that I had for you, because we're going to ask some pretty big questions. We've been doing a lot of big questions lately on this show. I hope you've been catching them. Hello to everybody on the foxhole. How's it going? <laughs> I can't pronounce this person's name, but they're asking, what interesting topics are being covered today, I wonder? <laughs> well, a big one. Who owns everything? We're asking the question, who owns everything? And um, we're going to talk about this on multiple levels. And But before we get into that, let me do a little recap of what I've been working on. So you guys know where I'm at and what's coming. Um, I'll just quickly share this for you so you know where to go. So if you want to find my work, it's always posted over at my website, dwtruthwarrior.com. Go check it out. Um, you can see everything usually posted here. So these is, this would be my latest show. If you didn't catch it, I did a show on the Ministry of Truth, just getting into the media. Uh, some of what I talk about today is definitely going to pick up from this show. And then previous to that, I did one on the whole depopulation, globalist, Great Reset, Georgia Guidestones, New World Order stuff. You can go check that out. I think it all blends in well. Uh, we did a featured interview that I highly recommend you check out that I did uh, early 2020 with Dr. David Martin. Uh, for those of you who are in the know, there's been a very viral and crucial interview that was done between Dr. David Martin and Dr. Reiner Fulmich. Uh, from Germany, and a, the revelations that Dr. Martin dropped in that were absolutely bombshells, okay? And the implications for what he's talking about are, I think, the pro it's going to start getting people around you that aren't aware of what's going on. It's going to start getting them into this rabbit hole to figure out what's up. But I did a really, really good interview with David uh, in 2020, and he brought some really good background to everything in that interview. So I would recommend checking out the interview that I did here. It's on my Corona Chronicles playlist that you can find on Rockfin. That playlist is up for everybody free. You can share it out. Um, but this interview is a really good precursor to that one that's going viral, the one that he did with Fulmich. 
because it's going to really give you the context of everything. And I think it's very important. So make sure you check that out. Um, that was my most recent drive with Dave. Who are the real culprits? Uh, just me again. It's, it's all going to be echoing a lot of what I'm talking about here today. Who's really doing this? Who owns everything? Or who, at least who thinks they own everything? Um, and what are we going to do about it? Got some stuff on CIA's Operation Mockingbird. This was something I also covered in this Ministry of Truth episode. Um, and also, if you go to Adam Riva's website, Dauntless Dialogue, he has a really, really good premium member section there where they do top quality documentaries. He's working with Melfi Buddha now and so many other great creators. Um, he, he had brought me on to a series that we did about Operation Mockingbird and the media that I think was second to none. So you can go and check that out. It's premium content, but it's exceptional. It's really well done. And there's a lot of good info in there. Uh, was saving Canada. Well, this is the Byron Bridal clip. I've just been featuring different clips that I think people should follow that are important. Um, here's my link tree on the side. If you need to know where to find all my good stuff, there's my telegram, my favorite place to be. Shout out to all my people on telegram. Also have some mods over at my telegram now, which is cool. Getting into the mods thing. Cause, uh, Wow, I am getting to be under attack these days. And so thanks to all those who volunteered to help me out in the chats. I'm going to need to do it for DLive and everything else too. Let me actually check on DLive. How's everybody doing on DLive? Are we streaming there? Yes, we are. Hello, DLive. What is up? Twitch. We got Twitch rolling. Okay. So <clears throat> I'm sure you guys all know about media ownership. Let's start with the media, okay? Because I want to know who are the real owners? Who sits at the capstone on that pyramid? Who's, if you notice that symbol, and maybe we should, I, I wasn't planning to do this, but let's just talk about that symbol for a minute. It's the famous Illuminati symbol of the all-seeing eye of the pyramid with the separated capstone and it's all masons and all that stuff, okay? All symbols can be interpreted in multiple ways. I'm always curious about the intention behind the people that use certain symbols and why they choose certain symbols over literally any other symbol. Like, I don't know if you saw the show that I did recently last uh, Wednesday, where I was talking about um, the symbols that are used by the media and how they're, uh, it's the idea of we have symbolic memory. We have memory of symbols. We have genetic, filiogenetic connection to ancient symbols, religious symbols. A lot of this stuff comes from our the ancients observing the heavens and the skies and the movements of cycles and planets and stars and all that kind of stuff. And then we cast them into these different symbols. They became religious symbols. Those symbols then uh, were, I believe, co-opted by many of these ancient cults because they knew they would have a hypnotic sort of power over the, like they could be used in a hypnotic way. Like if, for example, if you're a, a, hip, a hypnotist and whether you're on a stage or whether you're doing individual work and I'm not knocking hypnosis, uh, there's a positive use for everything, but it's really a, a, the ability to bypass the conscious mind, right? And if you look at media, when I was talking about Edward Bernays and propaganda, they are employing hypnotic suggestion at the very least. That's just the ABC level of what they're using. Okay. They're bypassing hypnotic, the, uh, the, the conscious mind to program the subconscious creative mind. They're using symbols to do that. And again, the symbols aren't evil. 
There's nothing wrong with a pyramid with a detached capstone. There's nothing evil about the symbol. It's because in, in other cultures, in the ancient times, that was actually a, 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 it was a symbol for God. God, the all-seeing eye, the creator, the observers, the watchers. Um, and then it moved. And then these different cults or gangs co-opted those symbols that may have originally been used for symbolizing the divine or enlightenment or the process of enlightenment. And then they co-opted and use it as their wolf in sheep's clothing. And that was the other symbol I was thinking about too, the symbol that's used by the Fabian Society of Britain. Go look at the symbol. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing. You can't make this stuff up. And so when we're trying to get a grasp on what's going on in this world, why are they telling us all this bullshit? Who really owns this place? And who owns everything, at least in the physical um, is there's a lot of things that tie into that. And I even played around with the idea in my previous show about the fact that we, we might be dealing with something that is not necessarily human in the way that we like to think about it, okay? We could be dealing with all kinds of different things. There definitely seems to be an inhuman uh, element to it, um, but one thing that can really open you up to understanding what's happening is by understanding the symbols, why they're used, who's using them, how they're using them, because the reason we need to ask these questions is here we are at the height of scientific technology and advancement and we're post-industrial revolution and we are walking around, at least before 2020, we're all walking around thinking that we had it aced and uh, we had expelled all the evil tyrannical governments from the world. And uh, I never thought this, but I'm just telling you, this is what the mainstream mind believes. Uh, the public mind, as Bernays called it, that's what they've been trained to believe. Um, but then this whole lockdown stuff happened, and now everybody's got questions. Now people are paying attention. They weren't paying attention after 9-11. Well, some people were. They weren't paying attention after JFK or uh, World Wars or any of these other things. Um, many people were still fast asleep. But that's because a lot of those issues had to do with certain events in certain places that only affected certain people. This event that we're living in right now, this time that we're living in, is an unraveling of all of it because eventually all secrets and all hidden truths have to come to the surface. And so um, now we're all being called to attention. That's why this is a global lockdown. This is a, uh, a global situation we're all involved in, no matter where you live in the world, no matter what strata you come from, no matter what income bracket you come from, no matter what political persuasion or sexual orientation or religious affiliation or anything, it doesn't matter. You live on this planet, you're in this, you're in this situation. And so now everybody's asking questions. And so for me, that's the positive. That's the positive is that a lot of the questions that myself and so many of you I know that are listening to this, okay, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to people that are just coming into it. Uh, so many of us woke up a long time ago, and it's been an excruciating experience to just watch everything happen that we called a long time ago. And we didn't call it because we had a crystal ball. We called it because something snapped us to attention. Something affected us, woke us up. And then other teacher, I found all these other teachers and authors and, and people that had woken up before me 
and you can find them all throughout history. And then you go learn from them. And then you just can't stop this journey of exploration to finding out what's going on on this crazy ass planet and who's running this. What's really happening? What's their goal? What's their agenda? What do they want? And so I've been asking this for a while and I'm just so elated to see now that because we're all up against the wall, we've been pushed up to the precipice of the cliff. Now we're curious all of a sudden. We're going to put the football game down because it's all woke cancel culture bullshit now, by the way. Uh, we're going to put down all the Lady Gaga's and the entertainment and the Netflix for five minutes to watch podcasts and watch presentations and try to learn how to read medical studies and follow what's going on with uh, the world. Uh, we're, we're more curious now than ever because we feel the pot boiling because we're up against the wall and this is going to reach into every one of our lives. If nothing has changed, we're talking about this global tyranny, the fight against freedom. Um, so, the symbols are what I come back to because they tell a story that no document, peer-reviewed journal, historian at your local university could ever tell you. Because it's like I've always been saying, you're only as good as your information, right? Your assessment of the world you live in is only as good as all of the different data points that you have to understand where you are. If you want to really know where you are, uh, strap yourself in for a crazy bumpy ride. That's a roller coaster ride. It's not this upward trajectory climb where all of a sudden you're just reaching enlightenment and it's all about ascension and love and light. Ascension, enlightenment, knowledge, that's a bumpy roller coaster ride. Um, it's not a straight angle where you just, oh, I didn't know, now I know. You're going to know what you think you know and then you're going to have to restep and go, wait a minute, I thought I... I thought it was about this. I thought it was the Rockefellers that controlled everything. I thought it was this, or I thought the world was what everything they were telling us. And then you pull back and you find new information that says, oh, wait a minute, I missed something. There's another thing to plug into this. What does that new piece of information do to my entire worldview when I plug it in? And that's been this process that I've been personally on, many of you as well. I know you're all out there trying to figure this out as well. And again, I'm not here to say the final word on it, I'm just here exploring it like you, but I definitely have my ideas. And so I'll share what I've got. But when I'm thinking symbolism, and the reason I wanted to open with that was that um, I think that studying symbols, uh, actually my mentor, Michael Tessarian said, if you want to learn about what's hidden, hidden knowledge that's actually put out in public uh, in a secret way, because it's part of the ritual, you need to study symbolism iconography, and etymology. Those are your three subjects. If you could get into those three subjects and then you start looking at the world with fresh eyes and you look at the media and the propaganda and even the slogans that are used by politicians and snake oil salesmen, um, you will suddenly see things from a view that you could never possibly see before. And so symbolism is key. So kind of back to the pyramid thing. What is the pyramid? It's this structure that has withstood the test of time in ancient Egypt, and there's actually pyramids all over the planet, both on the surface and in the oceans. Um, and so pyramids were a symbol of some kind, and they seem to be pretty universal. There are different styles of pyramids and whatever, but the pyramid structure itself is, for some reason, 
I think it has to do with the fact that it's got a wide base and a pointy top and it's going to, you know, it's when you build it correctly, but there's a symbolic level to it. There's, it meant something to the people that built it. Um, and it had different purposes than they're going to tell you when you go on those tour guides, when you go visit Egypt, uh, they're going to tell you it's a big tomb that is housing a bunch of old dead pharaohs. Um, <laughs> when that's not what it's for at all, by the way, when you really dive into that subject, um, and so you got to go, okay, so this, this pyramid was a, to some, it meant power to some, it meant immortality to some, it meant uh, a stairway to the divine to some, it was some kind of a portal to uh, out of body experiences to some, it was a tomb, you know, it, it must have meaning to everybody that comes to it. But what does it mean to the people that own everything that we're going to get to? What does it mean to them? Okay, what is this thing about using the pyramid on the $1 bill as a symbol uh, of America? Why would America be using Egyptian symbolism all over it? Look at the, you know, what's the, uh, what's those obelisks doing all over Washington, D.C.? What's all this ancient Babylonian, you know, Egyptian symbolism doing there? Uh, weren't we meant to be a Western civilization here? Weren't we meant, to, wasn't America meant to be founded on Western principles and Judeo-Christianity and all that kind of stuff? What's with all this occult, ancient, uh, Eastern symbolism doing all over the money, all over Washington, D.C., all over the media, all over Hollywood? What's all that stuff about, right? So a couple things. I'm ranting, but let's try to sew it all together for you. There's nothing evil with symbols. Symbols... What does a symbol do? It triggers your consciousness. A symbol triggers you and not in the SJW sense of the word. It, it triggers something in you that you don't necessarily notice with your conscious mind. That's why people that are really into art, they go stand in these art galleries in front of these multi-million dollar paintings that are worthless, most of them, or not worthless, they're priceless. That's what I meant to say. They're priceless relics. Uh, they're standing there looking at this beautiful, and they'll just stand there for hours just especially the people that really get into it because something about the painting is calling something from with, it's not the painting doing anything. It's just a board with a frame and some colors on it and whatever symbols, but it has meaning to it from us that view the painting. If that makes any sense. So there was the artist's conception of the painting. Maybe that artist was, you know, sitting there painting the Mona Lisa and it meant something to him or her. And then now it's gone through time and now everybody's had their little say on it and people write books about what is the Mona Lisa really all about? What's the real history about that piece of art? Or take anything, okay? Rembrandt or any of this stuff. And uh, everybody then goes, well, you know what it means to me? For me, it means blah, 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 blah. Which means there's a subjective, and I don't want to throw a bunch of big words here, but like it's, there's, there's a personal connection to the painting. Let's keep it simple. There's a personal connection to it. So there's what it was intended to be by the creator. And then there's the people that observe the creation and then cast their own interpretation on it. This is why we're all messed up about religion and all that other stuff is because it's a, there was the original meaning and then there's everybody getting their fingers on it and creating it and rebranding it and remixing it and doing all this stuff. And there's pros and cons to that process. Does truth survive that process? Does the true intention survive that process? Or are we all sort of co-creating this experience together, right? The, the artist drew the picture or drew the, painted the painting or came up with a symbol and then started plastering it on stuff and started putting it out there and then people started interpreting it. 
So there's a subjective nature to everything. But when we think about this pyramid with the removed capstone and what that specifically means to certain people that may use that as a gang sign of their own to say, this is our badge, this is what we are, is a pyramid with a removed capstone could mean it's talking about God surveying the earth. You know, God being the watcher of the earth or the creator or the universe or the cosmos or nature, however you want to conceive of it, being outside of the physical domain of what we call 3D reality, earth. That could be part of that symbol. But what if you recast that symbol as your little sigil gang sign, talismanic symbol, and now you're saying you are God? Ah, now we can understand what they mean what they could mean um, is that when you co-opt something, you're taking something from its original state and you're inverting it and making it your own, right? And um, not necessarily always bad, but in the case I'm talking about, could these Illuminist groups, these elite groups have their own religion, their own secret rites and rituals, their own interpretations of scriptures and symbols and ancient stories, they have their own little universe, underground universe. That's why it's a secret society. It's a breakaway civilization, right? They have their own interpretation of it. And so when they stamp that shit on something, that's a mark of ownership for them. Not for necessarily the idea of a pyramid or the first artist to conceive of that idea. To try to draw God in a picture, right? They're saying we're God. We own this shit. We're going to create the world. We're going to recreate the world. We're going to manipulate world events to, to achieve power so that we have more power to remake the world in our image. Because we can't just remake the world in our image and what we want and have fulfill our own agenda to fulfill our prophecy of our ancient religion. We can't do that unless we control the thrones of the earth. Unless we have our hands on all the knobs, the switches, and the control boards that guide and direct nations, civilizations, movements, and even the minds of individuals. Here's a good one. Uh, what's the symbol on the MI5, MI6 logo? Go look it up. Go look it up while we're watching. Type it in while, we're, while you're listening and just look at it, right? What's the symbol of the Smithsonian Institute, which is like the royal, it's the Royal Society. Go look at the symbol of the Royal Society. The Royal Society, I'm going to be getting into all this shit in Cult of the Medics coming up soon. Um, what, is, what is the symbol for Exxon? Exxon. What does that term even mean? Is it have just any, something to do with oil? What's with the double cross? Does it have any connection to say, I don't know, the double cross of Lorraine, you know, um, does it have any connection to other secret societies or anything ancient? Um, why are they using ancient religious symbols in the media, in, um, in politics, in everything, everything, the music industry, the 2012 Olympic closing, Olympic closing ceremonies, the Super Bowl halftime show. What is with this? Is there something more to it? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to the people that put on that production for you? These are the questions, okay? So this kind of, 
I'm trying to set this up. This is a really tricky one for me today is how to boil down in, now I have like 40 minutes uh, left. How do I boil down, you know, who owns everything? Um, well, let me just first say that there are the people that have gained those seats of power. Okay. And there's many methods they've employed. Um, I've got my idea of who exactly they are and what their exact agenda is. I got my ideas and theories on that. Uh, but let's just assume that I'm right. And that kind of a group exists. Um, and it may have changed over time. It may have morphed. It may be in and out, but it's there. And so there's the ownership, you know, who owns all like, look at Bill Gates. He's buying all this land. Okay. He's now going to own, he's going to be the number one landowner in America. How does everybody feel about that? How does everybody feel about Bill Gates, a globalist, multi-billionaire who believes in depopulation? Um, how do you feel about him being the largest landowner in the U.S.? Um, how do you feel about Amazon getting into buying farmland and even getting into the pharmaceutical industry? How do you feel about the fact that we don't have a choice when it comes to media? Although we're getting more. There's alternative media. There's podcasts like this. We have a few good networks that do some good things. There's a few good journalists here and there. But I'm talking about overall ownership and control over the media, the meads, right? Everything you read at chapters, the books on the shelves, the number one bestsellers, Kindle's number one recommends. Who owns Kindle? right? Who owns chapters? Indigo. Who owns that shit? Why are they getting rid of all the small um, bookstores, the small business bookstores that are like these old used bookstores that I love? I love, I haunt those places. I love used bookstores. Anywhere I go, I'm always like, where's your local used bookstore? I want the old books. Okay. Why are they getting rid of those? They can't survive anymore. Um, they want just these Global institutions like Chapters and Indigo that dominate that space. All the books that come out, you got what? Michelle Obama wrote another book. I don't know. Who cares, right? Why aren't we reading The Great Minds? Because we're not finding their books anymore, right? Um, who owns all big tech? Because now we got the digital libraries. So all this space, we're all getting censored and kicked off all these places. Well, it's because someone else owns that shit and they want us to get the hell off their lawn. Because we're not part of their cult. They want one narrative for everybody. They don't want diversities of opinions and diversities of thoughts. And what kind of people want that? Who benefits from that? That doesn't benefit. If I talk to the average person out there, even the most normie person you can find, God bless them, uh, you sit down and you could probably get a rational response if you're sitting there by themselves and you're talking and you're making some sense and you're like, you want to have a diversity of options out there, don't you? Like, wouldn't you rather have an option as to what news uh, channel you're going to tune into for your news rather than just having the illusion of choice or only one network that's telling you the same thing, like Big Brother in, in 1984, the Ministry of Truth? Would you rather have the Ministry of Truth managed by the government who benefits from you believing what they tell you or... Would you rather have a diversity of news so that you could participate in what you believe? You could participate in your own striving for knowledge and truth and understanding. And that you could actually make up your own mind as to which one you prefer. Do you prefer CNN or do you prefer Fox? They're both owned by the same motherfuckers. But, uh, you know, what if we had a play? What if we had a setup where it was actually a free market where uh, if you're a journalistic company and you're a media company, 
you have to compete for the attention of the public. In order to do that, you better tell them something that's going to make them tune in. You better give them some truth and some facts, right? If they're going to trust you. But I don't know why the disconnect happens in those same people that would probably agree with you and go, yeah, I'd rather have more choice. Because I believe human beings deep down believe in choice. And that's why everybody has their own opinions and they guard it like dogs, uh, you know, guarding territory. Um, they would rather have choice, yet they're still comfortable tuning in to something that's taking away your choice and believing them. Like they're tuning into these CNNs and CBCs thinking that they're getting facts and truth while at the same time believing that, yeah, no, it's true. The media, you know, you can't always trust it. And it would be better if we had more choice. So that way more facts and information could come to the surface. And then we as people in a free society get to decide what is the truth in the end. That's the true democracy of, of information, isn't it? Yet people are sitting in cognitive dissonance, aren't they? And how did, how did that work? The use of hypnotic suggestion, the use of symbolic language, because symbolic language is understood by everybody. Doesn't matter what language you speak, doesn't matter where you were born, doesn't matter anything. These symbols have a resonance in your consciousness and there's a reason for it. And that's why these people use religious, spiritual symbols to sell you toothpaste, to sell you a lawnmower, to sell you a political candidate, to sell you an idea, a vaccine, whatever. It's, there's, a, there's something that they know about the, uh, the ancient side of things. And um, so this is what we have to watch for, right? And so who owns all this? Who created all this? I've got a little video I'm going to show you. Um, but let's just go with the basics, okay? So everybody kind of knows when it comes to the media, we're dealing with five to six major corporations that own it all. You got Disney, Viacom, a bunch of other ones, right? Um, and they literally have ownership of all the publishing companies, the Hollywood studios, the, uh, the, the amount of ownership that these six corporations wield is unbelievable. And that consolidation took place since, let's just say, the mid-70s all the way up to where we are now, where it used to have maybe 200 different media organizations that owned everything and were fighting over, over, over uh, shelf space in the public mind. That got consolidated due to some rather random occurrences. Uh, that got consolidated down to six corporations. That was my present under, that was my understanding until I came across the information I'm going to show you next in a little bit here uh, about how it goes even deeper than that. Then you go, all right, and I've talked about this before. Uh, then you have all the shelf space of everything you, of all the stuff you buy in the stores. You got basically 10 to 11 major multinational corporations that they, they own all the turf. They own all the turf. They're like the mafia. And if you want to sell a product, uh, you got to, they basically buy you and then you can have permission to sell on their shelves. Um, you can't go independently into those stores, right? Which means again, when you go into Walmart or you go into Target or you go into Costco or you go shop on Amazon, you're getting the illusion of choice. It's mostly all made in China and it's also owned and run by these 11 major corporations, which also have cross-pollinating ownership amongst the media. You see how this is starting to work? And then we take it to the next level. Who sits at the top of the oil industry? 
Who sits at the top of the pharmaceutical industry in the medical establishment? We call it the medical industrial complex for a reason. Who sits at the top of the intelligence community? We're talking the five eyes. Five eyes, burgers and fries. Uh, the five eyes, CIA, NSA, MI6, Mossad, etc. right? In Canada, we have CSIS. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hope you're well. Say hi to your wives for me. Um, and, uh, where else? Uh, there's, there's, what's happened is we've got this hierarchy that's risen up, which a lot of the big wigs would say, oh, that's just a natural progression of the dominance hierarchy and humanity, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but you know, there's also an unnatural side of things where things have been managed and, and controlled into the positions that they're in because we're dealing with strategists, people that understand strategy. Okay. And these people know that to own all the wealth, all the money, all the gold, all the resources, because that's a big one, all the land, that's a big one, um, you have to own all the ideas. So when, we talk, when we're going to talk about who owns everything, who owns this shit, whose farm are we on? Are we on someone's big plantation? Is that what this is? Is this some kind of alien ant colony or something? Who owns it? You, gotta, you can't take... Uh, the consciousness out of the equation, because I would tell you this, no one owns you except you. And except you could, you know, everybody has their word for it. You could say, I'm owned by my God, my creator, nature, my, whatever. But no one owns you unless you sell yourself to them, right? This is the whole thing about the battle of souls whether or not you've sold your soul. What do they say about those people that go and be become a smashing success in the music industry or something? Like, well, you had to sell your soul to do it, didn't you? You had to sell, like I sold out. Now, there's this is often a lot of envy and jealousy when it comes from, you know, the riffraff that are like, oh, you finally went and made something of yourself. You woke up at 5 a.m. every morning and applied yourself and took personal responsibility and became a smashing success. Fuck you, man must be nice. You sold your soul. <laughs> I'm not talking about those people because there's a lot of people that become successful in their lives, whether they make a lot of money or not. That's not how I define success. Uh, they become successful. And then of course, people around them are going to be like, oh, well, you know, you must've had to do something. You, you must've brokered a deal with the devil in order to get ahead in life. That's not always the case, okay? So let's watch how we generally say everybody is, anybody that's a success is somehow in the Illuminati. That's bullshit. Um, or sold their soul to the devil. I don't believe that. The people that sell their soul, okay, are the people that sell out their true mission in life to be replaced by something inauthentic that never really brings them happiness. Right? It's like all these people that have all the money and wealth in the world. And it's not even just rich people. I've seen poor people that have the same dynamic. But it's the dynamic of you have everything that you think you wanted, but you're still unhappy. And these people end up committing suicide or they're on medications or they get addicted to drugs or whatever. Because they're really running away from themselves in the end. They're, they're, they, they ignored their true purpose in life. And so now they have to feed on everybody else and take and grab what they can. And that's not going to make them happy. And then it's self-destruction. Okay. Sorry, there's a lot going on in my head right now. So I, I hope this is making some kind of sense. Um, so, but selling out 
I mean, what are we selling out to? Who's buying up all the, all the land, the resources, everything? Who, who's got the desire to control everything? I just got off the phone with someone that was asking me this question. They're like, well, I just want to meet the most exciting part of my day is if I, if I work hard enough that I have a little bit of ex extra money and I get to go buy myself a new pair of shoes or something like, I mean, like I, I'm super happy that that's my goal. I don't need more than that. I, I got everything I need once in a while. I like to splurge on something or go on a trip or I, I, up, I did a reno on my house, but I don't really need any more than that. So I have trouble understanding why billionaires want more money or why, uh, why these elites, what's their goal? What Klaus Schwab, what's he up? What's going on with these people? What's up with these Illuminati people or whatever that are, they, it's not enough for them. The world is not enough. Remember that James Bond movie? The world is not enough. They've been telling you all this stuff in the movies the whole time. Um, and, and I just said to them, I'm like, well, for us, average folk, you know, little guys and gals, we just want to go along to get along. We just want to have, you know, we don't want to be poor, but we don't need to be multi-billionaires that control like countries. Um, and so there's something different in us where we, we just kind of want to be left alone. We don't want to constantly have the government up our ass, uh, telling us everything we can and can't do and can and can't say, and I just want to earn an honest living and I just want to do good. I, that, that's most people when you really boil it down, but there are people that for whatever reason, we could debate forever as to why, who that is not enough. All the money in the world is not enough. You know, think of these Genghis Khans who wiped out and committed mass genocide of entire races and cultures of people so that they could have room to graze sheep. You know what I'm saying? Like there's next level psychopath that's so psychopath, it's it's actually something that is going against the natural order. You know what I mean? Like it's what kind of human would do that to their own kind? You think of all these dictators and these psychopaths and these mass murderers and these serial killers and cult leaders and pedophiles. There's something, there's something called evil that does exist. And it's, we have the ability to express the great genius, the wisdom, the goodness. And we also have the ability to express the darkest psychopathy you can imagine. And there's also maybe something else in the mix there, right? But to get to the motive of why they want to own everything is because, as I've said before, it's not about money. When you own the printing presses for money, when you have all the power in the world to change interest rates and regulate the market, and when you move shit in the market, the whole market has to collapse every time you, you know, like when you're that big, um, it's got to be about more than money, right? So I've always been asking these questions. Are we dealing with a religious-like mindset in these people? Do they belong to a religion, a cult of power? Do they belong to a cult that has a particular doctrine that they believe in, that they were raised in, that they believe it just as fervently as any Christian or Muslim or Jew or Buddhist or yoga person believes in what they're doing? Maybe even more. Maybe we don't even understand what true commitment to your goals really are until you run into someone like this who has next level commitment to achieving their objectives, next level skills to organize and to continue to do things that are causing great destruction to human freedom, to the world, 
you know, these people that make these products that end up killing swaths of people, they don't even bat an eye. You know, there's the, there's next level. We're talking about the owners. Remember that statement by George Carlin? He, he said this in his comedy. He said, you know, we're talking about the real owners now. He, he was, I remember him highlighting that point. I should have queued up the clip, but he was like, we're talking about the real owners now. We're not talking about some rich people. We're not talking about a couple greedy politicians. We're not talking about a couple little fringe cult groups. We're talking about the real mafia, the real owners, the people that created the game, that tilted the game, tilted the tables, that rigged the system for their benefit. They're, usually, they're actually siphoning human productivity, human ingenuity, human energy, and human resources for their benefit. And they don't give a shit about the collateral damage that happens in the wake of that. The real owners, okay? Who sits at the big, the real high table? Remember in John Wick, they were talking about all the different levels of that mafia, the Russian mob or whatever. And they had this big underground secret gold coin exchanges. And then the sushi bar converts into a staircase that goes into this underground club world. Like, yeah, what do you think Hollywood's telling you? And they talked about the high table. Well, this came down from the high table. You know, who sits at the high table? Who, sit, who sits around the round table? <clears throat> or the octagon table in Switzerland, you know? Um, and what do they want with us? What do they want? <clears throat> well, I've got my speculations, but let's stop jawing for a second here. And let me just show you this clip because <clears throat> when we talk about ownership, this gentleman on TikTok blew my mind. And I had come across these companies briefly, but this is whole next level. This is beyond of six major corporations owning the media and 11 major corporations. This is beyond that. Who owns them? <laughs> That's where this is at. Okay. So uh, give me a second here. Let's do our little screen share. Maybe you guys have seen this. It's going pretty viral right now. Um, but this guy did a really good job of summarizing what I'm trying to get at here. <clears throat> so let's check this out and then I'll give you my thoughts. So if you haven't had your mind blown in a while, I am about to blow it up. Follow me. So BlackRock and Vanguard own everything. And I mean everything. So for example, you can find all of this on Yahoo Finance. Go there, type in a company, look at the ownership breakdown. This is Pepsi. Vanguard, BlackRock, State Street. This is Coca-Cola. These are the food brands they own. I'm telling you, just go to Yahoo Finance and look it up. This is no bullshit. They own Twitter, they own Facebook, they own Alphabet, which is the parent company of Google and YouTube. They own Apple, they own Microsoft. They are enormous investors in Android. So Apple and Android, both owned by them. They own IBM, they own Intel. They own all the software companies and computer companies that you would look at social media on, which they own the social media companies. They own the travel booking companies, they own the airplane companies, they own Shell, they own BP, they own Exxon. They own the mining companies that we use, and they own the metals. They own the agricultural industry and the machines used to harvest that agriculture. They own Big Pharma. 
They own the banks. Wow. So they hold your money. They also own Visa. They own MasterCard. They own practically everything. They work closely with the federal government, giving them loans and grants. They own the media you watch, CBS, NBC, CNN, HBO, TNT, Stars. And feel free to fact check me. Go to Yahoo Finance, type in these companies, and look at the top four or five stockholders. You will find Vanguard and BlackRock and sometimes Berkshire Hathaway at the top every time. The more companies you type in, the more this is going to freak you out. So who invests in Vanguard and BlackRock and who does Vanguard and BlackRock invest their money into? The Clintons, the Bushes, the Obamas, Schiff, Pelosi, Schumer, McConnell. And so when you go to look up who owns Vanguard, it's private. It's where it gets tricky because mm. these people like to keep a low profile. The Orsini family, the Bush Foundation and the Bush family, and both of them are Skull and Bones alum from Yale if you want to go like hopping down that rabbit hole. That's a whole nother story. The Royal Family. Some of the other names I'm sure you've heard of are the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the Vanderbilt family. And if you look closely, Vanderbilt. who is that? Anderson Cooper, Mr. CNN. These two companies, along with State Street and Berkshire Hathaway, make roughly 86% of the money in the world. Go look it up. It is all there if you're willing to take the time to research it. And maybe next time when CNN is pushing a Pfizer vaccine, people are like, oh, I don't know if I want to take that. And then Facebook and Twitter and Instagram are fact-checking that and censoring people and doctors that speak out against it. Think twice and then think one more time. These people do not care about you or I. They care about themselves. So if you haven't had your mind blown in a while. Boom. Wow. Like, <laughs> that's, I, and I went, I went on. I'm not going to do it here for you guys, but I urge you to follow up on what that gentleman was saying. It is a rabbit hole. If I ever saw one, what does that tell you? What are the implications of that information? What does that information do to your worldview? If you're a normie and you've been tuning into all this shit you've been told, your mind just went poof because your worldview just went redo. Welcome to the matrix, my friends. You can take the red pill or the blue pill. Welcome to the world of the real. So think about that. BlackRock, Vanguard, Vanderbilts, Rockefellers, Rothschilds, Royals. When he was talking about the Bushes, did you know that George Bush Sr. was knighted by the Queen of England and the Royals? What's the president of the United States of America going down to Buckingham Palace to get knighted for services rendered in Iraq and with Saddam Hussein and all that shit? What's he doing going and getting knighted by King George's uh, people over there, right? What's up with that? What's up with that? And then, oh, I wish I had the slide. I did a show where I was talking about a lot of this, and I was talking about the triple crown. Did you guys hear my shit on the triple crown? If this is just too, if I'm repeating myself too much, let me know. But in the in the ancient Latin, they call it trirenium, the triple crown. It would have been probably in the Middle Ages. It would have been uh, you are a king over what would it probably have been Scotland, England, and France, and then you, from there you can control the rest of Europe. Uh, depends on what period of history we're in. But what was interesting to me was if you get into the history of the Vatican, 
the Vatican, you know that place in Rome that is its own city within a city? It's its own state within a state. It's got, what, 50 50 something miles worth of underground collections from the history that nobody want they don't want you to know about uh it, it's run by a pedophilic cult of black magicians that have nothing whatsoever to do with what a lot of good-hearted christians believe it does um it, it's the vatican i'm gonna do shit on i'm gonna do some stuff on the vatican we're gonna have to do specific uh shows on that it's such a rabbit hole because like who owns blackrock Okay, hold on. Just as I'm thinking, BlackRock. There's BlackRock Productions in Hollywood. A BlackRock. What is the BlackRock? Where in the world is there a BlackRock? Mecca, right? It's apparently something that fell from an asteroid or something, and it's a holy place that Muslims come to from all over the world. And again, I'm not saying this is all run by Muslims or anything, or any one particular religion. These are the people that created religion, okay? Um, the I'm not talking about personal relationship with God. That's, that's you. These are the guys that came in as the intermediaries to say, oh, you want to connect to God and spirit and nature? We'll be your priests. We'll stand in for you. Actually, we got a direct connection to the big man right now. So if you got any questions, just pull up a chair in front of our pedophilic priests and they'll answer all your questions for you. Uh, There's difference difference there, we've got to say. But we got Mecca, the Black Rock. I don't know. I'm just speculating here. Uh, What does this mean to those people? What does it mean to those people? uh, There's what it means to... Islam, there's what it means to Christianity. There's what it means to most people out there who think it's just some ancient relic where people go and run circles around it endlessly for energy production. Um, What does it mean to the people that put it there, built that, and own that shit? What does it mean to them? And is there any symbolic connection to the name of this company that owns everything? BlackRock. Also, I'll bet you if I brought on someone like Michael Tessarian or someone like that to say, Michael, if I said the term BlackRock to you, what would that be in the ancient uh, symbolic language of the ancient occult world? And I bet you we would do a whole podcast just on that. So there's got to be something meaningful there uh, we could look at. But either way, in factual reality, with what we can confirm, if you do go to Yahoo Finance and you really start going down that rabbit hole and you confirm all of this, just look at who owns it. You could start with the media. I used to tell people to do this when they're reading news reports. I don't care where it's from, BBC, CTV, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, doesn't matter. What's the credit at the bottom of that report? Usually it's Associated Press or Reuters. Those are the two main media sources that then the media entertainment complex, because that's all they are. They're not journalists. They're just part of Hollywood. They're an extension of Hollywood. Hollywood. Holy shit, we can do a whole show just on that word. Hollywood. What is that? Hollywood. Who used that? What is that in the ancient world? Well, if you go to the ancient Druids, they used to make these wands. And there's no, again, there's nothing necessarily evil about the thing. We're talking about something that was co-opted. Okay? You take a stick from a holly tree. And there's a reason, there, the Druids and the, 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 the Celts and the, the Western magicians, um, they used to have a deep, deep, deep reverence and respect for nature because they used to believe that God showed 
or the gods, however you want to, because that showed themselves or showed itself, that divine presence showed itself through nature. So certain properties of nature had certain power of magic and all of this kind of stuff. And so they take from a holly tree specifically because of its, uh, there's an element to it that awakens your subconscious mind, apparently, right? I don't know. And you take the holly tree and then they would have that as their casting stick, right? It was just, a, again, everything's symbol. And so when they crafted Hollywood, they were regrafting the ancient ceremonies in these Druidic, in the Druidic world about how it was the shaman, the Druids, the teachers that would help you with your repressed trauma, help you interpret dreams, uh, help you activate the right side of your brain where you would have all this imagination and everything else, and then try to guide that into the conscious realm. And they were, these were the diviners. These were the ones, these were the priests of the ancient world. And, um, so there could be a positive side of that, but then if you're talking about Hollywood, as we know it with all its, you know, Pizzagate shit or whatever, uh, going on or weird occult stuff going on, they, what are they doing? What's Hollywood's job now is Hollywood's job to enlighten you and give you knowledge of yourself in the world and improve your life and teach you spiritual principles through art and uplift your consciousness. Is that, and there are great films out there for sure. There are good directors. I know for sure there are, there are good people, but the vast majority of the entire operation is owned by these people I'm talking about. And it's to do the opposite. It's to put your mind in a cage and to induce your mind into a state of hypnosis, inject propaganda into your subconscious brain that you don't even notice because you just think you're watching the Avengers or something. And then when political, physical events happen, you don't know why you're acting in a certain way and why you're believing a certain thing. Because all of those hypnotic cues and suggestions were already implanted in you through all this information, all this entertainment you're bringing into your conscious, subconscious mind over and over again. And then you don't know there's all kinds of auto-hypnosis suggestions in the back of your brain. And then you go line up and do what you're told. And you buy the products you say you'd never buy. And you support the celebrities that... The next day of the week, you're out there bashing. You know, it's, it's, it's a drama that they're creating. And they're using this to have you, the prism of your consciousness, which is a gift. They're using us by directing and controlling the narrative. They're using us to co-create the reality of the world that they want. Not the, not the natural state of the world. Not the world we would have created together if nothing would have impeded that process to manipulate it, right? What would the world look like without all that manipulation and black magic? What would the world look like without it? What would the world look like if you owned your life and you owned your mind and you owned your soul and you owned your property? And then you were, obviously you had everything you needed. So of course you're going to do what humans do, which is share what you have and go out and create a better world. And what could we have without this interference? We've been interfered with by some very cunning magicians that know exactly what they're doing and that are ancient and have been at this for eons and they've passed it on to their progeny and on and on we go. Okay. Long story short. So Hollywood do whole episodes on this, the symbolism of that. And then what kind of symbolism does Hollywood employ? Ancient spiritual mystical symbolism to blind you. And again, that ancient mystical symbolism isn't evil in itself. It's just used as a weapon to blind you. That's all. It's a distraction technique. 
so that while we're all at the movies, while we're all tuning into the concert, while we're all reading CNN for God knows why, they're plundering the, the world and reforming it in the way that they want. And it, what if that vision that they have, these controllers, these hidden persuaders, these architects, what if that vision isn't being built for us, but for them, right? So yeah, get into BlackRock. Vanguard is the other one. Vanguard. What happens if I just Google Vanguard? Let's look it up together. Vanguard. Sit in the way they use these. Everything, everything has meaning. Nothing, there is no coincidences, my friends. Vanguard definition. Here we go. Here, come along with me. Let's let's do this together. This is on the fly. And we're doing this live. Um, here we go. Okay, what does it say? Vanguard, number one, a group of people leading the way in new developments or ideas. The experimental spirit of the modernist vanguard, the foremost part of an advancing army or naval force. Guys, are you seeing this? Let me zoom in so you can see this. I did not pre-do, I did not do this. I just, he said Vanguard was the name of this company. Check, check that shit out. A group of people leading the way in new developments or ideas, the experimental spirit of the modern Vanguard, the foremost part of an advancing army or naval force. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. It's a war on consciousness, isn't it? Battle for the minds of men. Who's leading the charge? The owners. It's getting creepy, man. It's getting creepy. But good. This, these are the revelations, man. This is revelatory times. We're going to have way, this. I bet you we're just, just getting the tip of the lid open on Pandora's box with some of this stuff. Wait till we find out what's really going on. I, I just know it's massive. I know it's more massive than we can imagine. I know that much. So when I get these little revelations, I'm like, oh, wow, we're getting closer. Getting closer to the truth. Uh, there was another company that he mentioned. I didn't take the note. But, I mean, let me just think of like Viacom. Man, I was even talking about looking at uh, cars, like all the car dealerships. You want your mind blown, okay? And again, we're not saying it's just for good or ill. It's just interesting. Why are all the car companies astrological symbols? It could be any symbol, but Chrysler is Chrysler. Dodge Ram, Aries, Taurus, what is that, right? Um, Audi, the rings, the four rings, the Olympic rings, what's that symbol? Toyota, they're all astrological signs. Tesla, what's it? Oh, Subaru, Subaru is all, it's like a whole constellation on that shit. We don't, we don't even take a second look at this, but it's right there. The owners stamping it. Boom. We own this shit. We don't just own the car dealership or the car manufacturer. We own metal. We own fucking metal. We own all the metal on the planet because we own metal. We learn, we own it all. Plastic, anything made out of plastic. What's plastic made out of guys? Come on. Oil. Who owns the oil? Mazda is an owl. Well done, Stu. Yeah, Mazda. I was just going to say. And that word Mazda. Oh, that's somebody. Uh, was I talking to Michael about this? 
there's an ancient god named Matt. Oh, Pepsi. Pepsi is an ancient Egyptian goddess. Pepsi. Um, man, all these companies, it just really starts to come into view. Why are all the products that we buy named and symbolized with ancient religious occult symbols? Who owns this shit? Greets from Finland. Hey, what's up, Finland? Man, what if we got into the names? You know, you could just go on endlessly here. So I'm just trying to give you guys a hint that if after the wars, a lot of things were settled, what was the world wars really about? Maybe at that time in the history of whoever these people are, they were at a certain level of control. But in order to jump to the next level, world wars were required. Now, a world war from an occult standpoint is also a mass ritual. Okay. And rituals, rites and rituals. Rites and rituals are important to who? You're going to say, oh, it's important to these religious nut, but no, it's rites and rituals are important to all of us. We have a morning ritual routine that we do. We have a, a bedtime ritual that we do. We have, um, you know, these little rites. It, it might not be as sophisticated as it once was when we used to pay attention to the journey of the soul and what it was to be a human being on the planet. And we have to, you know, look at the indigenous tribes would send, you know, these young boys and girls at a certain age to have these um, soul walks or, or it's like they're coming into their own. There was these little rituals that were done to initiate someone into adulthood. Like, so you went from being a child to an adult, which means you just upgraded your level of responsibility, which means you need to show character. You need to show um, courage. You need to have developed skills that will benefit the tribe, right? So there's rites and rituals that have been with us all this time, but there's different kinds of rites and rituals. There's like Walter Applewhite, Heaven's Gate level rituals. There's, uh, you know, the Order of the Solar Temple rituals where they used to have ritual dinners right before they mass murdered everybody uh, in their cult. Um, there was, you know, Jim Jones had his little version of rites and rituals, um, which he was recrafting the Bible and making it, he totally rewrote the damn thing. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's rites and rituals that our politicians do when they um, cut ribbons and do these ceremonial things to um, open up a new city fountain or open up a new government building or launch a new business. You know, when you opened up a new business, you can have a local uh, representative from your local government come in and cut the ribbon for you to officially welcome you into the business world. Um, there's uh, what, what about the red carpet? What's up with the red carpet? No matter where you go in the world, Japan, India, America, Hollywood, President of the United States, Prime Minister of Canada, royal family. What do they do? They roll out the red carpet. What is the red carpet? What is it? Is it just, oh, red is the symbol of royalty? Is red the symbol of royalty? Actually, the symbol of royalty is purple and gold. Those are royal, those are royal colors. What is red? Red is a symbol of the bloodline. Look at it. It's a look at a red carpet. It's a long line that they have to walk on, and it's only reserved for the elites. Meaning, they're standing and walking on the red carpet to symbolize that they are part of the royal bloodline. They're part of the club, right? 
Um, that's just symbolically what it's saying. That's where it comes from. The seizures of Rome. Um, blood is also sacrificial. It's a sacrificial symbol. Um, talking about blood, right? In Christianity, they would think, oh, it, it's just talking about the blood of Christ, the sacrifice for all sins. But <laughs> when you look into the history of the Vatican and, uh, and all these religions, they're into a lot more sacrifice than you might want to believe, okay? Uh, specifically when it comes to children. So they will tell you this to your face right in the open. I, again, was doing uh, this, I'm working on this Cult of the Medic series, and I was looking, again, I watched the whole thing. It's like three hours. I watched the whole closing ceremonies of the 2012 Olympic Games. Guys, just watch it. Holy Jesus, it was in 2012. And look at what they're telling you. They had guys in there that looked like Antifa thugs that are like these ghouls that jump out everywhere. They had everybody dancing in the shape of a giant spike protein. Uh, they had a big demonic death character that was the conductor of the orchestra of all these nurses dancing like freaking robots. And then you got all this footage of these TikTok dancing nurses going viral all through 2020. They so, you know, this oh, it's the whole event was surrounded by a wreath at the top of the stadium of the Olympic ceremonies that were all pyramids <laughs> with the capstone eye on it. You don't get any more obvious. They had uh, a bunch of Mary Poppins float in with umbrellas, but when the umbrellas came down, the way the production looked, it looked like a bunch of little virus particles coming down, the way we see all this footage all over the news of these virus particles, the Delta variant. The Delta variant's gonna get you. And then these, there was like a dead baby. There was like these kids, there was a lot of children in this production. It was all children children in the hospital beds and then getting up and they're all singing along with the nurses, all being directed by the death figure. You could do a whole thing to unpack it, but predictive programming. What is predictive programming? It's what you're getting from Hollywood, from the media all the time, from your owners that are, they know how to manage the sheep on the farm and they know how you think and they know how you tick. They know what your lower drives are. They know what your goals are, what your aspirations are. They create half of them for you. Um, and then they know how to direct you like a conductor of a symphony. And they take great pride in it. And they believe it's their job. They believe they're the vicars of the gods. So getting into ownership, man, I just wanted to drop that bombshell on you guys of uh, getting into Vanguard and BlackRock. And, um, and just, I think we have to keep looking at this. I'm going to do more solid hours of research on that myself and try to come up with some other tidbits. I'm asking for help. Anybody out there that has some time on their hands that want to jump in on that, um, please do. And if you find anything really good, send it over to me. And if it's worthy, I will, uh, I'll, I'll give you a shout out and I'll present it or I'll bring you on whatever I'm looking for. I need, we need to keep looking at this because we're seeing cracks in the glass ceiling right now. And we're seeing, we're in the time, I believe we're in the time of great revealing. And yes, NX 17 is saying the battle has always been for the minds. That's correct. Control the narrative. You control the people, you control the land, you control the resources. And like Jafar said, 
he who makes the gold makes the rules. So if your governments are all in debt to these people, who really runs the show? Who really writes the laws? Who really owns the shit? Do you think they're going to let the little lower managers make real decisions that impact their global agenda? We're not talking about the little Smurfs that run at the front of the office. We're talking about the people that built the building, paid for it, and own the debt of nations. Who owns that? Who owns that? Um, so yeah, if you guys want to help out on that, let's do this together. Let's research this stuff together. It's not just me sitting here presenting and doing my show and researching and you're just tuning in to find out what I found. Let's do this together. Let's find out who owns this place. Who, who owns BlackRock? Who owns Vanguard? Maybe we can get closer to that. Maybe that's just classified. But we got to figure this out. Who owns Dominion Software and Smartmatic? Who owns it? Who owns the people that own that? <laughs> You know, how does this matrix of control really, really work? I want to know. Don't you want to know? And in learning about how this whole game works, I think we're going to learn something really valuable, which is that the calling that will come to you, the positive side of learning about the dark secrets of the world and who owns everything is going to be a call for you to have self-ownership once again. That's the, isn't that really the point of it all? All knowledge is self-knowledge in the end, right? As Bruce Lee said. So we don't take this and go, oh my God, Dave, you just blew my mind. That guy on TikTok, he just blew my mind. I'm not going to sleep tonight. There's only two corporations that own everything. Oh my golly. It's over, man. We're, it's hopeless. No, it ain't. Because now you know. And then... You're going to tell other people and they're going to tell other people. And then it gets out there and it's hundredth monkey butterfly effect. And everybody starts to realize this. And then we all start going, I'm not shopping there anymore. I'm not tuning into that shit. I'm not supporting the NFL with all their bullshit cancel culture stuff. I'm not going there. I'm not going to watch the NBA anymore. I'm not going to go and support Hollywood. I'm not tuning into Miley Cyrus's live TikToks or whatever. I'm not, I'm not buying that stuff from those people that are using slave labor to make it and it's full of toxins and poisons that are going to kill me. I'm not doing that anymore. I just, I realize now who owns this shit and I don't want to support them because I believe they're engaged in an anti-human agenda and they don't deserve it. And they're stealing our wealth and they're stealing our minds and they're cutting off our connection to the true spiritual force of this world. And they're trying to create the world in their image because they're arrogant, megalomaniacal freaks that are serving something ungodly. Trust me. Calling them out. So I'm not supporting them. Let's create something better. That's going to be the immediate equation that happens for you eventually, whether it's happening right now or down the road. When you look at any kind of evil or hidden thing in the world, you're looking, that lens comes back to you. It's just, it's a natural effect where you now get to learn about your own evil and your own self, both good, bad, ugly, everything. You get to um, say, I don't need some pedophilic priest to tell me what God's plan for my life is. I'm going to have my own direct connection to that force and I'm going to get it directly from that instead of going through all these little middlemen playing telephone, trying to re-script it so they can control me. I'm going to have my own personal relationship with spirit in this life, with the true Holy Spirit of this, of this dimension. Not 
Not this priestcraft shit that's designed to put your mind in a cage and keep you externally projected into the afterlife at all times and places and always thinking in these spiritual dimensions while they rape and pillage you in this physical world right here. You need to be in both places and you need to have a direct connection to those things instead of having all these stand-in characters that are just looting you and lying to you and using you as a resource. Do you want to be run by those people? Do you want to be unslaved from that? All this talk about slavery in the past, which I would love to have that conversation because there's nothing but slavery globally, universally. Who ended it? Um, but did it really end? <laughs> uh, one kind maybe did in one place at a certain time for a period of time, but we have more slaves in the modern world than at any other time in history right now. And I'm not just talking metaphorically here with the slavery of the mind and all that. That's well, that's the biggest one, right? But I'm talking actual slaves in the world. There's never been more. We got a bigger population. There's more people in the game. There's more people that benefit. There's competing mafias and gangs and cults that are running slavery like you wouldn't believe of men, women, and children of both genders and all races. So all this divisive nonsense about which group in history did this versus that and they got to atone and all this kind of stuff. It's the same cults that have been doing this to everybody and they've just upgraded their game and now everybody thinks, well, we live in the free world. No, we don't. Do you feel free right now? They gave you the illusion of freedom, which was better than what was before, but now they're going to even take that away. So the reason they're successful is because we keep buying their shit. We keep buying their ideas. We keep buying their entertainment. We keep buying their products. We keep listening to them and believing what they're saying. We keep, who owns all the, okay, here's another one. Here, sorry, guys. It's just, it's coming to me. All this stuff about the science, trust the science. There's another, there's a peer-reviewed journal that just came out and said that everything's cool. Who owns those journals? Who owns the journal, New England Journal of Medicine? Go look up Marcia Engel and her book that she wrote. She was a, an editor for the New England Journal of Medicine for two decades. And she came out and blew the whistle and was like, we're not doing science, guys. I hate to spoil it. This is an industry. This is finance. This is a business. It's not science. You know? So it's always under the illusion. And so we got to watch for that. Okay, and I'm not saying everything's a conspiracy. I'm just saying, are you naive enough to think that there's nothing shady going on? Why did nature have to just retract the study that was shown? Was it nature or New England? I can't remember which one it was. One of those big publications had to retract the study showing the hydroxychloroquine is going to make your heart explode if you take it. Even though we've been using it for 70 years all over the planet and you can get it off the shelf in most third world countries. One of the top most tested drugs of all time, the main ingredient of which is quinine, which is actually coming from tree bark. We never even had to have a pandemic. Now all the stuff coming out about ivermectin and all that, all these other solutions that they hid from you. Who did that? The media, but also the scientific publications who are all owned by the same people. So we, we got to stop giving our trust 
are blind trust. Trust people that earn trust. How about that? That's a pretty easy thing, right? Someone has to be worthy of your trust. You don't just give your trust to everybody just because they're they got eyeballs and a head. <laughs> oh, you're a human? I trust you. You must be good, just like me. Don't be so naive, my friends. Trust people that earn your trust. And then work to be worthy of earning other people's trust, which means you have to do something called personal responsibility, having integrity, having character, being true to your word. Then people will trust you. Humans naturally gravitate towards this understanding. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Don't you, do you feel me on that? We've, we've just had a, the snow pulled over our eyes or the, the veil pulled over our eyes, but we naturally seek truth we naturally seek to trust, but we, we do vet people. We do vet people. We just have to sharpen that again and not fall for all this. And then recognize that a lot of the lies aren't conscious to you. It's not consciously delivered. Like, you know, like it's not like Hollywood's messaging or the media's messaging or any of this messaging we're getting is going to be obvious. It's subconscious. If it was obvious, would it work? No. So this is where you got to get into the details of things and symbolism, iconography, etymology makes a big difference. I'm looking at that Vanguard definition. That's just fucked up, man. Blackrock, Watchtower, Columbia Pictures, Lion's Gate Pictures. What's Lion's Gate? What is that astrologically? Leo the Lion. Lionsgate. It's a constellation. District of Columbia comes from the word Kulum, which means dove. The white coats. Where's all this symbolism coming from? The white gloves. Why do the Masons wear white gloves? Did they get it from the Templars? What's all these crosses about? Do they really mean Christianity or are they talking about zodiacal crosses? You hear that term double cross. Someone double crossed you. That means they cheated you. Double cross. Exxon. Go look it up. Cross of Lorraine. Just little pieces so we can decode the matrix, my friends. And then remember the truth. Maybe by default, these people do own you. By default. Maybe by default, determinism is real. Meaning you don't have any control over your will and your mind. Because you must first earn those, those rights. Rights are earned. Freedom is earned. Truth is earned. Trust is earned. Wealth is earned. Friendship is earned. Love and relationships are earned. Right? So um, if our, our natural settings, if we, come at, if we come as like the Amazon package that's delivered to the planet, um... I guess we can't say Amazon owns everything, right? It's Vanguard now. Um, but Amazon package, new baby comes into the planet. Default settings are trust mommy and daddy, trust the people around you, learn from the environment, go to school, watch the television, do what everybody else is doing. That's truth. That's the default settings. If you operate in their matrix, you don't have any free will and you don't own yourself because you have all capital letters of your name on your social insurance numbers, on your driver's licenses, on your IDs, on your birth certificates, on your passports. 
on the lead, they, they use the law of water, maritime admiralty, the, the cult of the black robes. Maybe after I do cult of the medics, I'm going to have to do the cult of law or cult of the black robes or something cool like that. Uh, cause there's another faction, right? They control you through words. There's the law of the land and there's the law of water. These people work in the world of the law of water so that they can be internationalists and they can write global laws that take away your freedom. So if the default settings are slavery and serfdom and slave species, is that our destiny? Is that the only th way we can be? I say no. I say that's just the default. That's just what comes with the package. You can earn your freedom. You can win your freedom. You can reclaim your mind. You can establish a direct connection to the divine. You can, but with, with that is a burden, okay? Which is why a lot of people don't do it because it takes that inner strength to withstand the whims and the, the slings and arrows that are going to come from everybody around you when you embark on that journey. Look what's happening right now. When you even question wearing masks on your face or taking experimental MRNA shots or whatever, or closing your business down or whatever. You even question it. Your people, they don't just disagree with, they don't just go, oh, interesting perspective. It's different than mine, but hey, there's room for both of us. It's not like that. It's, they want to throw freaking javelins at you. <laughs> they want to, it's not far away before they're cheering for everybody to get thrown into the concentration camps. Okay. That's what, that's the crowd because they're directed by these black magicians and they're in default setting mode, which is anti-freedom because the people that created this matrix want slaves to work for them. Remember I read you that quote from the Popol Vuh, one of the most ancient texts on the planet talking about the gods creating a different species of man in order to, so that the gods might have their ease being the slave species of gods. Remember that? Does that mean that's the only reality that exists? Does that mean these people are omniscient, all-powerful, undefeatable, and we're just totally screwed? Or does it mean we are if we do nothing and we stay in our default settings? But if we upgrade, if we learn, and we open up more photonic light to come in, to, ex to connect to the light that you already are, that's vibrating your cells to keep you alive. What's keeping you alive right now? You don't have to think about the processes of your body that are working right now, 24 seven, right down to the micromillimeter to keep you alive. There's no scientists on the planet that can create that. They'll pretend they're trying, they're pretending, they're faking it. Artificial intelligence. One day the computers are going to wake up and believe and have their own. It's not going to happen, guys. Everything they create is mimicry of nature. It'll never be the real deal. No matter how impressive it'll look, no matter how convinced they'll try to make you, they will never create consciousness ever because we can't do that. We are expressing that, but we didn't make it. We're just here experiencing it, thinking we can, and then trying to create artificial versions of it so that we pretend we're playing The Sims, but there's still a real natural world that was given to us. 
They can give you bionic arms and inject you with DNA altering material and nanotechnology and luciferase and hydrogel and whatever the frick else they want to do. They can light you up with 5G. That's their freaky world trying to reprogram. It's like Frankenstein. Everybody needs to read that book or watch the old, the old original film of Frankenstein. That's, what, that's the scientists we're dealing with, Frankenstein scientists. Arrogant enough to think they can create galaxies themselves. Our job was to come to this planet and express the creative force of the universe and learn not to try to become it, but to become one with it. So that means we don't have to live in their matrix. There is free will for those who earned the knowledge to have free will, for those who did the work to have free will, for those that are courageous enough to be free. Freedom was hunted around the globe, Thomas Paine said. Freedom was, everybody was allergic to freedom when they created America. And guess what? Didn't take that long, did it, for us to come right back around. And it's not just Biden and Obama and Soros and BlackRock doing this shit. It's the people that are under the spell and the hex, staying in default settings that are just led by the hypnotic suggestion that that's what's going to happen. But it's not the only show in town, and it's not the only mode of human expression. It's not our destiny. It's our destiny if we choose it. But we can choose a different destiny of pursuing freedom from these, you know, elites that think they're gods and think they own you. They believe they own you. They believe they were given that. <clears throat> but we don't have to, even if it's aliens or demons, I don't give a shit. Multidimensional, you're all ain't shit. You're in this matrix too. And you're not the only force here. Because we're here. And we're on to you. And we know what's going on. And I know I have free will. And you can take my body. You can put me in prison. You can tax me to death. You can kill me. You can't kill me. You can never win. Because I will never grant you my soul. I will never grant you my mind. I will never give you willingly my freedom. Ever. There's nothing you can do to make me do that. And in this life or the next, I'll have my vengeance. How about that? That's your battle cry. That's your mindset, friends. You look down at these people. You don't look up and tremor. Oh my God, the Illuminati. They're reptilians. Oh my God. They're a bunch of pussies. Sorry, I have to say it. These people are nothing. They're nothing. They're a slime on a turtle's shell. It's like in Network, that movie Network. He's like, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. Yet you worship us. And you think we're the ones. We're a bunch of jugglers and acrobats and circus freaks. And you think we're real? Your lives are unreal now. And so you turn into an unreal artificial world that we created for you. Wake up. Why did he want you to wake up? Because when you wake up, you ain't going back to sleep. And then we can get on to creating a better world that actually does serve the vision of whatever brought us here, the true power of this universe, the true force of God, spirit. And this is what the test is. 
This is what we're here to, to learn. We're here to learn this. There's nothing scary really about this. This is exactly what has to happen. You know how I know? Because it's happening. And there's two ways of looking at the world. Either everything is a miracle or nothing is a miracle. Either everything has purpose or nothing has purpose. There's no in-between, in my opinion. In that regard, I'm an extremist. <laughs> in the regard of how I view the world, either the wind blowing through the trees right now and the little butterflies that are flying past and the sun shining that's giving photosynthesis to those plants. And there's a, we're in a big movement of something going on on our planet, in our solar system, in our galaxy, in our universe, in our dimension of time and space. We're a part of something massive. So either everything has meaning and purpose or nothing does. Including the shit we wish didn't have meaning and purpose, including having to face great evil and trials and tyranny. That's purposeful as well, because what happens? We're all getting, guys, we're all in a marathon. We're training for a UFC title fight like you wouldn't believe. All this last, for me, it's been 18 years in the making. For you, I don't know when you woke up. Maybe some of you are just waking up. Definitely the last 16 to 18 months um, have been a massive, massive trial by combat to find out who are the real bringers, who are the real forgers of civilization? Who are the real freedom fighters in the world? Who are the real people that really care about the truth and really want their freedom? Where are those motherfuckers at? That's what nature is asking right now. I want to know in the body of the planet earth, who's the white blood cells? Who are the natural killer cells that kill off bacteria and pathogens just by their presence? Who resonates and vibrates at frequencies of light and sound and energy that will actually help us help this planet evolve and, and help this creation move on to another level? And who's trying to hold it back? Who's trying to tear it down? Who are the destroyers? Who are the cancer cells? Who are the real viruses? That's what nature is asking right now. So if you're answering the call, whew, you did it just in time. If you're not answering the call, I'm really sorry, but nature needs to take its course. It's out of our hands. It's time we move on to bigger, better things. So those of you listening right now that resonate with what I'm saying and you understand it, I did my best to try to articulate it. You came here for a reason. You're the ground crew. You were brought here to create change or to be a challenger for those creating change. Choose a side. Because there's something way bigger than all of us happening right now. Way bigger. It's not just about elections and viruses and YouTube. There's something massive going on. So when I think of Great Awakening, I think of it as an individual journey that ends up being for everybody. It's an opportunity. It's like a wave. When you're a surfer and you see those waves, you know you have to go at that exact moment or you're going to miss the flow or that wave's going to tumble you over your arse. So you, opportunity, know when to strike. The dark side knows opportunity. They know when to strike. They understand the big cycles of time. They use the ancient arts and sciences for their benefit. We know nothing about it. So we're learning about it. And that's part of the process. So rest at ease. Rest at ease. Unseen forces come to those who act boldly.
And that's our destiny. In my opinion, for me, I can speak only for me. I can't speak for the whole human race. I can speak for me. And for me, my destiny is truth, freedom, and justice. End of story. That's where my, de my destiny is to live free or die hard. That's how it's, I'm, I've already, there's no middle ground. There's no negotiation. <clears throat> I don't negotiate with terrorists, okay? And neither should you. Be resolute in your thinking. You got a bunch of ninnies running around telling you, hey, why aren't you taking the jab? Why aren't you taking the jab? You're a danger to the public. If you're out there educating yourself and you understand what real health is and you, didn't, you understand who owns all the shit that's telling everybody to do this, what are you afraid of? Why are you afraid? What about all these people that are all these people that are sitting on the inside of the medical community or the any any establishment and they're they're too afraid to come out and tell what they know, even though they know stuff and even though they disagree with what's happening? What are you afraid of? What are you waiting for? There is no other time that's going to happen in the planet Earth where it'd be a better time for you to come out and take a risk and show what you know and tell everybody. There's higher forces calling on you than just your job and your career. So each of us have to answer this call and it's a choice. That's the beautiful thing. You don't have to answer the call. You can put your feet up. You can turn this shit off. You can go back to the matrix and you can go into the slop they got coming for you next and be another cog in a wheel, brick in a wall. Or you can find out who you are, why you're here, what your purpose is, create it and be a part of the ground team that's trying to clean this place up and make it better. And we can't clean it up unless we get rid, we, we had face what caused all this damage here on this planet. What caused the degradation of everything that was good and holy and sacred. We have to look under the rug, look under the cupboards and do some house cleaning. I'm not talking in a physical, let's go out in the streets and be a bunch of torch bearing mobs and get violent and do all that. That's, that's amateur hour. The real solution is all of us activating the power that we already have, which is our free will. So don't let any government agency or any friend or family member or any influential person out there tell you that you're not free and that you just have to sit down and do what you're told against your conscience. You don't have to believe that. The way out is in. So guys, that's my rant. Sorry if I got a little heated there. I hope it helped you. Uh, interpret all of my words in your own particular language of whatever suits you best. But I hope, I think we're all saying the same thing just in different ways and um, help me with this research. I want to find out who owns this. I want to know names. Who's at the top. Forget all these lower level managers. They're all controlled pawns. They're blackmailed. They're threatened or they're in the cult. Who runs the cult? Who created it? Who's at the top of the totem pole? That's the target. That's the target for exposure. Exposure is the biggest fear they have. So help me expose it. Let's bring the truth to light because truth wins in the end. And with that, my friends, I will uh, leave you. I'm going to do my little ad on the way out. So if you've already seen it, uh, feel free to tune out. But for those that haven't, um, just a quick little message that I have about my whole Starve the Beast campaign, help support the show. Uh, we got a really great sponsor. So I'll leave you with that. Um, but other than that, again, I'm serious about it. Follow me on Telegram. You can message me there, uh, hit me up on my website, my contact, please don't spam the hell out of me. But, um, if you're serious and you've got some serious, good research nuggets on what I was asking today, 
about getting into who owns stuff, send it my way. Let's collaborate and let's uh, break this whole thing wide open. And don't forget to join me in about 20 minutes. I will be on Methods Show with John Paul Rice. And I think we're going to have a very fascinating discussion given the show notes that John sent me. So uh, we're going to just keep going here, guys. So make sure you stick over there. If you can't catch the live, catch the, uh, the archive. Okay. So thank you, everybody. Now, wait a minute. I think in uh, DLive, I have to do something with the chest or something. Let me just see. I want to make sure I do all the right things here. There's like a chest I have to open up for everybody. Let's see. Sorry, guys. Bear with me. Uh, I'm not seeing. Oh, here. Oh, someone put William Cooper's picture there. Oh, man. There's been so many great people that we've learned from. Many gave their lives. Okay. I'll figure this out uh, afterwards. But anyways, um, thanks for tuning in with me, guys. Lots more coming your way. I'm going to be having Dr. Kerry Madday on next week. I'm going to be having Alex Newman on next week. And I'm reaching out to a lot of uh, people trying to get Dr. David Martin and some other people. So stay tuned here on Truth Warrior. I got a lot of special things coming your way. And with that, I'm going to close the show with a little message about this incredible project that I've been working on with my sponsor. So thanks, guys. Love you lots. Let's go win this. Cheers. I think it's really important that we stop giving our money, our time, and our energy to organizations, institutions, and people that don't align with our values and don't operate with integrity. If you think about it, for generations, we've been giving our money to these big box stores that literally have a monopoly on all the goods that we buy. We're dealing with 11 major corporations that own all the shelf space in all the big stores. Think of stores like Walmart, Target, Costco, Amazon even, etc. And yet every week we turn into Walmart, Target to buy all the stuff that we need, the basic essentials of life. And over the last few years, especially recently as we've gone through all this lockdown stuff, it's gotten even worse as these big mafia-like corporations have put the pinch on small business owners like me, I'm sure like you or people that you know, where small business owners have literally been decimated and have been unable to operate efficiently. And while these big box stores are definitely a problem, we have to think about the root of this issue, which is these multinational corporations that literally own and dominate all the shelf space of everything we buy from basic store goods all the way through the grocery stores and on and on we could go. Unless you're a part of this cartel, it's next to impossible to even get shelf space in these stores to sell your products. Then comes the various agendas that these corporations have. They have their money in the major media. They have their money in the big pharmaceutical companies. They have their money everywhere. And so when we're buying just everyday goods from these stores, we're feeding these beast systems that I think are set up ultimately to enslave us and to dominate the market top to bottom. For example, do you know how much Procter & Gamble, which is one of these big companies, gave to the mainstream media for advertising? $7.3 billion. And that was just last year. That's just one of these companies and that's just in one year. So if you think about it, the money that we are spending is actually influencing the direction of our entire society. 
So I think we need to start taking back control in these different areas. And this is just one of them, but it's a very important one. So what would happen if we just stopped giving our money to these people? What if even a small percentage of people in our country stopped giving the, our money to these big box stores that then feed the multinational corporations, that then feed the media, that then direct our society and really dominate our economy? What if we just stopped? What if a bunch of us little guys got together and stopped giving our money to Walmart? What kind of a difference could we make? It seems small, but I think the ramifications of this could be huge. So what if we shopped with small business? What if we shopped local? What if we found alternative family-owned manufacturing companies that made these goods and services that we all use and we all spend our money on? And what if we found something that could replace that? What if we found healthy alternatives? Companies that are smaller, that operate with integrity, that stand by their products, that make their own products, um, and that align with our values. And when it comes to me and my show, and being that I'm an alternative media personality and there are so many others out there, what if we took a chapter out of the mainstream media's book and got our own sponsorships and by just simply directing, redirecting our spending to companies that we believe in, we could also simultaneously support and fund alternative media because we need that now more than ever. So that is why we came up with truthwarriorswitch.com and really excited about it because we're able to offer an alternative that everybody, no matter what background you're in, no matter what challenges you're facing right now, everybody can participate in. The idea is really simple. We just switch. We don't add to our budget. We just switch where we're spending, giving our money away to these big corporations and we switch it to a company that does it with integrity and does it right and does it better. Just literally by switching a lot of the household items that we buy can make a huge difference. This is money that we're already spending and now we can spend it with a company that believes in freedom, that manufactures all their own products locally and that supports the little guys as opposed to these big multinational corporations that are literally swallowing up our economy right now. So let's get out there, make a difference. Think about where you can switch, where you can switch your energy, your time, your money, shop local, support small business. They need it now more than ever. Support alternative media. We need it now more than ever. And let's make the good decisions that are gonna actually make some real impact for ourselves, and for our future generations. Let's starve this beast.